What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Saturday afternoon edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Sleeper Picks. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, in his Christmas wrestling sweater, week three, Slim Cliffy, how you doing? Not too bad, man. Just everyone have a macho Christmas. Um, I can't even do it. I tried. Yeah, it, it would hurt my throat way too much to even bother. I don't know how he did that for so long. Uh, yeah, starting to get into the Christmas spirit over here. Got my uh, mini tree behind me. Went and got the real tree yesterday. Going to put that up after the show. Um, starting to put up some decorations. So uh, really starting to feel a little bit festive. Hopefully my bank account feels a little bit more festive after tonight. Um, I didn't play last night. You did. You had a good night. What a festival those two games were. Yeah. Just quickly, the Christmas tree reminds me that the funniest thing that you said to me a few years ago, I had a, I sent you a picture of my tree one time and I had that ornament that said diva and you thought it said divorce. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be one of the funniest possible ornaments to have on your tree. (laughs) That was was one of the best stories, but yeah, um, like the devil... Everyone's so high on the Devils this year. Um, they're a good team, but like their their goaltending is a big issue. That's the thing, right? It, it reminds me of like the Carolina teams from like five years ago when they would be like top five in goal scoring, top five in expected goal share, but like dead last in save percentage. And you know maybe they'd squeak into the playoffs, but they wouldn't go deep because you, you can't go you can't go very far with bottom three goaltending. Yeah, the the Devils outchanced the Sharks last night, one hundred three to thirty nine, and the Sharks won six to three. Three point night for Granlin and Duclair. Like, if Granlin's going to have a three point night on a two game slate, I'm never going to do well. I still did okay. Like I cashed. I, it was more than the min cash because I had, you know, Wierenski. I had Merzlikens. I had Johnny Gaudreau. You know, what I mean, so like it was good. You just need you needed Granlin to win, and that's never going to be in my lineup. It just it could be a showdown slate, and it won't happen. I I, I love your allergy to Granlin. We uh we share that um we share that common bond in the NHL. Be, before the the Granlin goal, he had two assists on two ridiculous Duclair goals, zero shots on goal, and zero block shots. He is Yori Laterra. I mean, I, I I dropped it in our Discord. Over the last four games, he has four points at five on five, but he's only been on the ice for three goals because <laughs> he made one pass and somebody went and you know went end to end and scored. Like, you know, as long as he keeps getting points on 133% of the goals scored with him on the ice, he's gonna do well. But I mean, I, I know a lot of people want to make out, want to make something of you know, this stretch that San Jose's on. I, like, I don't want to talk about it too much longer because, you know, that team sucks. But, you know, the Buffalo Sabres team from, like, I think it was 2014, 2015, they honestly had a stretch in the middle of the year where they went, like, 10-4-1, and and they finished the year with 20 wins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hockey is a an extremely random game. That's just, uh, that's why, you know, a lot of we talk about the leverage in the top stacks because people don't want to stack certain lines in certain spots or in certain matchups, et cetera, et cetera. Hockey's still random enough where just about anything can happen on any given night. Yeah, Sharks Josh stack would have been great. Third uh, defenseman and third 
line winger Jacob McDonald had two goals as well. So it's like good stuff there. But this is a fun little nine gamer. Some big totals on this slate. Some surprisingly high totals as well. And we'll get into those. We'll get into the slate. But before we do, you know the drill, man. You guys got to like, subscribe, keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. If you subscribe, you should. Hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Saw some people in the chat yesterday. They were putting up the show for today, but they accidentally dated it for yesterday. And there was a lot of people in the chat. So you guys are probably subscribed. A little bit angry that we didn't show up. But yeah, just a reminder, five games or more, uh, we will be here for shows. Two games slate, we won't be. If we had a, had a show on yesterday's slate, like we would have been banging our heads against the wall. But yeah, if YouTube isn't for you, you can find all of our content over on the Stochastic Podcast channel. Make sure to leave us a five-star review. As always, we have the Stochastic Hall of Fame. You just got to change the avatar on DraftKings or FanDuel. Place in the con- top three of a contest with over uh, 5K contestants. Tweet the win to at StochasticHOF on Twitter or emails with your screenshot. You can win a free month of Stochastic package of your choice. That is funny, uh, that comment. Uh, I was there for the cooking show. Disappointed. Me and Haas gonna definitely live stream a cooking thing. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him the ingredients. I'm gonna teach him how to cook something, and we're gonna do it live. It's just gonna be the most ridiculous thing ever. But yeah, let's get into this slate. Let's start with uh, the Buffalo Sabers with a 2.6 total heading into Carolina. The Hurricanes, 3.9 total, biggest on the slate. That's a grande total for Carolina. And they're not getting much ownership. And I'm not exactly sure how to feel about it. Because on one hand, like, these lines are good. And I like playing them. The problem is, like we've talked about, Caroline is one of those teams, their blue line takes a bunch of the shots. Now, Andre Svechnikov, Teravine, and Cockney is the line that interests me more than Aho, Jarvis, and Bunting. If you want to go play them, that's fine. But like both of those lines are going to get depth math, depth, depth <laughs> matchups for the Sabres. And after you really get past the Milstad Skinner tuck line, which isn't even that great defensively, there really isn't much there defensively. I'll let you talk about the Sabres because Casey Middlestad, excellent season for him. I, I think not too many people are noticing. Brutal matchup for him today, though. Again, if it is Kochekov in net for Carolina, he's been okay. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to have much Buffalo. This is about Carolina for me. Yeah, it feels, it, you know, it is a bad matchup. I feel like the last time we said this was a bad matchup, that was when Tampa scored eight goals on 15 shots. Now, yeah, that was against anti-Ranta. Um Ronta might go again here tonight. I don't think they've confirmed their goalie. Like, <laughs> I, I I, wouldn't want to play Buffalo. Like, here's the thing is one of the reasons why Tampa worked out that night is Tampa was like 1%, 2% owned. Like, it doesn't – like, Buffalo's top line, I'll bring them up uh, in the top stacks here um, very quickly. The Buffalo top line – only has a 4.2% top two stack percentage. Like that's outside the top 12 lines on this slate. It's not bad. And, you know, their ownership is lower than their top two percentage. But it is a terrible matchup because they're going into that Jordan Stahl line. And as long as the goalies can save like 
even 85% of the shots. Like we're not really asking for a lot from them. Like they don't have to be, you know, Thatcher Demko or something like that. They just have to not be like ECHL caliber. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, it just takes me out of Buffalo. Like if this were, you know, I'd kind of feel better if it was Tage Thompson, honestly, because middle stat just doesn't shoot that much. Um, you want guys that shoot against this Carolina goaltending. Um, yeah, Middlestat, just real quick. I, I think I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, he's fifth in the league in points per minute at five on five going back to last year, like up there with like Pasternak and McKinnon and players like that. It is absolutely insane how good he's been over like a 50 some game stretch. Honestly, it's it's been about a year and a half now. I'm just talking like straight point production. But yeah, um, like I wouldn't begrudge anybody for going to the Buffalo top line just because it is still the Carolina goaltending. Like, even if Buffalo only gets 20 shots here tonight, they can score five times. Like, that's just the way Carolina's goaltending works. Um, but I would prefer to avoid that hurt, that really tough matchup. I'm with you on Carolina, too. I wrote up Andre Svechnikov um, in the picks article today. Um, one thing is, like, you wonder how he's still faring from knee surgery, but... Um, he's starting to pick up his offense a little bit. I think he's got five points in his last five games. Um, with him and Kakaniemi on the ice, they're out chancing the opposition 52 to 29. And the big thing is, is they're going to go up against that Dylan Cousins, Zach Benson line. And Cousins and Benson have just been getting ran over defensively this year. Now, the problem is, is like Carolina's going to care like a fair bit of ownership here tonight. It's nothing extreme, 5.4% on that second line. Um, but at 14,200, it allows you to put in another fairly expensive stack elsewhere. Like you can go and put in a $20,000 line with them and still um, fit in the, you know, your, the rest of your lineup pretty comfortably. So I really do like Sveshikov, Kakinyemi, Teravine. Like two out of those three guys are still in the top power play unit. Even if they're they're splitting units, um, you still get Kakinyemi on the second one. So there should be a good power play matchup here for them. So yeah, I do like Carolina too in this matchup. I I don't begrudge any of the, or I don't hate the idea of either of the top two Carolina lines. I'm just not sure how long Michael Bunting is going to last on that top line because they have not been good with him there. Um, basically break even by expected goal share. So it's it's a cockamamie line for me. Yeah, I was going to say that makes Netches a pretty interesting one off here tonight. You kind of hope you got to kind of hope he moves up, but he does play in one of those power play units and they do split the units. It's just like 14,200 for a line with Svechnikov and Taravine and just feels like. If they're flowing, if they're like having really good games, even with Kakanyemi there, that should be a 17, 18 K line. So like it's just a question of them shooting the puck instead of like Dmitry Orloff or Brady Shea, you know what I mean? But like they have a 3.9 total and they're coming. Yeah. With five. And, and to your point earlier about the defenseman shooting, that's why I, I like, I think you, if you do play a Carolina stack, you probably should make it a four man stack and include a defenseman just because their defensemen, like statistically, are the most involved uh, defense core in the league when you look at the percentage of shots they take relative to the entire team. Um, they figure into a lot of the goals. So you're going to want like a Brent Burns or a, a, a Pesci or, you know, bargain baseman, Jalen Chatfield or whatever. We'll get to the defenseman at the end, but I would say if I stack Carolina, I probably have a defenseman on the blue line too. Yeah, agreed there. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, Detroit Red Wings with a 3.5 total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 2.9 total. 
Dylan Larkin is back. We didn't get any confirmation on the lines. I'll let you say what they were. I think it was what? Um... Valeno, Raymond, Larkin. The last game Larkin played, I think it was Sunday against Minnesota, when they and they won 4-1 in a, in a walk. Um, I think that was the game that got Dean Evanson fired, actually. Um, it was yeah, it was Valeno, Larkin, uh, Raymond, and then Comfort, Rasmussen, and the Brinkat down on the second line. Um, but we don't know what they're going to be. I'm a, I'm assuming they stack the top line here, but um, I guess we'll find out at warmups. So our t- our top stacks tool has Larkin, Brinkat, Raymond together at twenty thousand nine hundred on DraftKings with almost no ownership here. Now that if that is indeed the line, it is a fully correlated line against one of the worst penalty kills. In the league, a team that takes a metric ton of penalties. Also, they mixed up their lines, and I do not like them at all. I mean, like, none, no combination you're really going to put together that's going to be decent defensively. I guess, like, a Suzuki, Caulfield, and someone would be decent. Well, but probably Brennan Gallagher, because Suzuki yes. and Gallagher actually had decent defensive numbers, like, league average anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, but the line is Caulfield, Suzuki, Monahan, and Monahan at this stage of his career is still decent offensively, but he he's not a very good skater. Second line of Gallagher, Dvorak, Anderson. You've talked about how awful Anderson is defensively since he came to the team. Third line of Slavkovsky, Pearson, Evans. Like I don't understand why Marty St. Louis is putting Slavkovsky on the third line. We don't have enough time in the week to discuss that, but for me. If Detroit one is is loaded together and they're coming in at one point four percent projected ownership, I'm definitely in on them. Now there are a lot of expensive lines here tonight: Colorado one, Toronto one, uh, Boston one. There's a couple others uh, that we'll get to. So, you know, do you really want to spend up for twenty thousand nine hundred Detroit one? It is arguably one of the best power play spots on the night. Obviously, Colorado at Anaheim, we'll talk about later. But that's $4,100 cheaper than Colorado won. What less ownership? Arguably one of the, you know, almost as good of a power play spot. So I'm in on Detroit one. Yeah, I do like Detroit one as well. Um, speaking of that ownership, this is what we have. Should they load up the top line with Larkin to bring Cat Raymond? 1.4% ownership on DraftKings. Over on FanDuel, even lower where they're. Um, a little bit more expensive, relatively speaking. Um, the power play spot. It, it, here's the thing: is like it's it's a good power play spot for both sides. Like these are two of the most penalized teams in the league. Montreal is uh, giving up the fifth most power plays per game, and Detroit's giving up the sixth most power plays per game. Um, and they both draw a lot of power plays as well. Like Detroit has the second most power plays per game this season. Montreal has the seventh most power plays per game this season. Like there should be a lot of special teams play here tonight. That's why like, I'm not, I don't think I'm really stoked about the Montreal top line. Cause I agree with you on Monaghan. Like I don't, I, th- I think he can be like, I think he was perfectly suited on the third line where he wasn't tasked with facing, you know, opposing top lines and top defensemen and all that stuff. Um, on the top line where he has to play with Suzuki and Caulfield, like I think he has the skill. I agree with you. I just don't know if he has the speed to keep up with them. By the same token, it's a perfectly correlated Montreal top line, right? And it's a perfectly correlated top line that's 16,900, I think. 
uh, on DraftKings here tonight. It's expensive. It's expensive for a Montreal game. But, you know, if Montreal gets like three goals here tonight, how many are going to be scored by the depth? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, not expecting, you know, Dvorak and Anderson to kind of fill the net. I'm not expecting Slavkovsky and Pearson. Like, I've... I've been a big proponent of the way Slavkovsky's played basically since the start of the year, but they just keep putting them with their depth players, and it's frustrating. I just don't see the offensive upside from their second and third lines. So if Montreal does get to like three goals here tonight, it's probably going to be from that top line. So I don't. I I prefer Detroit one, even if they're four thousand dollars more expensive. I prefer Detroit one in this matchup, um, even at that added cost. But I think there is merit to playing Montreal one here tonight. But yeah, it's Detroit one that I like the best. Um, you know, to bring Cat Larkin and Raymond, excellent offensive numbers, four point three goals scored uh, per sixty minutes this year. Like shooting twelve and a half percent, that's a it's a little high. But honestly, if they finished at twelve percent for the season, it wouldn't be that extreme. You know what I mean? So I think they can be like a four goal line uh, per sixty minutes of five on five, and then you know. We don't know what the power play is going to be, and this is where we have to say DeBrincat was on the second power play unit when Larkin was still in the lineup. I assume they go back to the to a normal top top power play unit with uh, David Perron there, but this is something that we just don't know. At the very least, you'll get two out of the three on the top power play unit. Montreal is allowing literally one power play goal against every game this season on average. So Detroit one's honestly one of my – as long as it's Larkin, DeBrincat, and Raymond, it's one of my favorite lines on the sleeve here tonight. Yeah, and we should note, maybe you mentioned it while I was trying to quiet down my dogs, but with Alex Newhook out, uh, Josh Anderson took over his power play one spot in the last game instead of Slavkovsky, which is just painful. But, like, if you are doing some part of Canadian's power play stack, it is Anderson who was there last game, which... Can we just go to the next game? I don't want to think about that. Marty St. Louis favorite, Josh Anderson. Oh, let's get to this game. Seattle cracking with a three four. Just kill me. Maybe we don't have to talk about this game. <laughs> Seattle cracking with a 3.2 total heading into Ottawa. Ottawa Senators have a 3.4 total. Somehow DJ Smith is still employed by this team. Did you did you see their power play allocation from the last game? Dominic Kubalik had more power play time than Stutzla and like they they do that they that's the problem well, um, i mean i don't mean to cut in but yeah when they have all three of shabbat chicken and sanderson healthy they basically split the power play units because they think um having chicken and sanderson on the ice for half the power play is worth it to cut down on kachucks and stutzlo's minutes which honestly man like you're i'm with you i don't know how dj smith has a job and he might not when this weekend is over yeah, and, you know, our pal Quick Party, huge uh, senator slapping. He was like, who are the Sens going to bring in if they fire DJ Smith? Because, like, you saw with the Wild, they fired Dean Evason. They brought in John Hines, which is arguably a worse coach. So, like, who, who are they going to bring in? Is is Trotz, is Trotz still doing anything? Trotz is in the Nashville uh, front office. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a, just tell Everson just to you know head head right on up to, to Ontario. I guess could be Gallant, could be Elaine Vigneault. That would be funny. But anyway, here we are, another chalk Seattle night. 
it's just it's just the pricing. Like they don't move. Their pricing does not move. The Gord line is twelve thousand eight hundred. Uh, the Beneers line is thirteen two. They've been those prices since the beginning of time. Ottawa is if you watch the Ottawa Senators, like you said, the last slate, it's just like, how are they this bad? And then you realize they're this bad. And it's just like, I guess you got to get us kind of got to consider Seattle here. It's just like, I don't want to play negatively leveraged Seattle on this slate because the Gord line is cheap enough to fit with Colorado one. It's just like, come on, like price them up. They've been good. Like make them 14-5 and then they can't fit in with the these elite lines and their percentages will come down to like 6% or whatever. I don't know. Like they're fine. It's just the ownership on this team just always drives me nuts. The, the question is what to do with the Ottawa side because Seattle's goaltending is bad. It's just like I, I – don't know who to play on on Ottawa. Like, I guess like Norris, Kachuk, Giroux would be where I want to go. It's just like Josh Norris doesn't do too much for me. He's just a shooter, which is weird for a center. But like, I don't really want to play Stutzla Batherson either. So like, I guess it'd be Ottawa one. And I, I think the Seattle Beneers line would be my target. If you want to go to the Bjorkstrand line, that's fine. Like, I, I'm kind of hoping Ty Cartier moves up at some point. I just – this game drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, the thing with Seattle is, like, they've gotten – like, they had a rough first couple weeks defensively. Um, I remember even specifically making fun of them uh, on this very program. Uh, but their defense has improved dramatically. They have the fourth lowest expected goals against rate in the league since Halloween. Um now, their goals against is considerably higher because, as you said, their goaltending sucks. Um, and the other thing is that Seattle's penalty kill sucks, like legitimately. Like not only is their goaltending bad on the penalty kill, but I think they're allowing the third most shots per minute uh, while shorthanded in that same span, like since Halloween. So this seems like it would be a great spot for what is a normally a very good Ottawa power play, but we just talked about the issues with their power play units yesterday. Like they are going to split them. Um, as far as the ice time is concerned. So it's like, what do you really want to dig into? Because there's two guys on the top line on one unit. There's two guys on the second line on another unit. There's two guys on the third line on on the second unit. Uh, there's two defensemen on one unit and one on the other. Like it, everything is all split up. And like, I actually don't even mind Ottawa here tonight. Like they are carrying a 3.4 total, which is the same as Arizona higher than Calgary and Vegas. Like, there's, they're expecting goals from Ottawa here. It's just a matter of figuring out which power play unit you want to use. Like, I I still do like that top unit. Um, I just worry about their ice time. Now, the thing with Kachuk, Norris, and Giroux is they had bad numbers when Drake Batherson was there on the right wing, but the numbers are a lot better, as you would expect with Claude Giroux. Um, 74 shot attempts, four per 60 minutes, 3.1 expected goals for, they outshot, uh, Columbus 11, four last night in their five on five ice time together. They even outscored Columbus one, nothing in their five on five ice time together. Like that new Ottawa top line. Like I'm not a fan of Norris either, but as long as Kachuk and Giroux are together, I'm a fan of whoever's at center between them. So 
I don't mind like going to Ottawa one here tonight. They're going to get depth matchups. Like they're not going to go out that often against the Veneers line. Um, they're going to avoid like top pairs. They're in a really good power play matchup. I do like Ottawa one. I just worry about, uh, about power play ice time. That's basically it on the Seattle side. It's probably the McCann Veneers Everly line for me. I, I, you know, Gord did get moved up to the same power play unit as Tolman. And so it does give them a little bit um, of extra power play time, but Stutzel and Batherson, like Batherson is not a good defensive winger. Um, I don't know if, you know, Joseph and Stutzel are, are good enough together to kind of carry him in that regard. And that's who's going to be going out against the Beneers line. And Beneers, you know, for all their issues, they have been generating a lot. 74 shot attempts per 60 minutes over the last 75 minutes together. Uh, I think Beneers had a two-point uh, two game a couple of games ago. So um, Seattle won, Ottawa won in this game. I'll say specifically, I like the Ottawa power play guys the best. I just worry about the Ottawa power play ice time. Yeah, it's also a pretty good matchup for the Seattle power play. The problem is Seattle power play is spread across 46 different lines. It's hard to power play stack them. McCann had two power play goals the last time they played. But yeah, the nearest line for me. Hey, you guys, why haven't you gone premium yet? I'm talking to you. Sign up using the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combinations, and you get access to the Discord, which is invaluable. Cliffy and I are in there. Jake and his Giga Chad jawline are in there. Uh, lots of members always talking some sauce in there. Uh, if you've got strategy questions, you can fire away. There's tons of people willing to help. It is one of the greatest resources that has helped my DFS game, too. Just because I'm on the show doesn't mean I'm perfect. <laughs> Look at that face. But yeah, but uh, Cliffy's article is always free to read on stochastic.com backslash NHL. This show is always free, but if you're looking to take your game uh, to the next level, click that link in the description box below. You can do weekly, you can do monthly, you can add on Fantasy Cruncher if you want. Thank you, Fantasy Cruncher. Philadelphia Flyers with a 2.8 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins had a 3.6 total. I saw some people talking about the Penguins total in our Discord this morning as it was they're saying, oh, it felt high. Samuel Erson is in net tonight, not Carter Hart, which is a big drop off. Um, our resident uh, Flyers fan, Ray Rock, if he's here, he always says when Erson starts, they really go into an offensive shell and they really, you know, slow the pace down to protect Urson. That being said, the top line for the Flyers, 13,700. They are coming in with a little bit of negative leverage, which makes sense because they're super cheap for a top line. They're going to get that Crosby matchup. Most likely, um, that line has been trading chances. I don't mind Katorie Konechny in this matchup for his Little faith as I have in Samuel Erickson, I don't have much faith in Tristan Yard. He rewarded that faith with an empty net goal the other night. Just that—that that was just torture. But I, I kind of like Philadelphia one here. They are negative, negatively leveraged just because they're so cheap. But I don't mind them. On the flip side, shooting against Erickson, probably a, a pretty good strategy for the the Penguins. I don't mind that top line. They're coming in with some positive leverage here, just under 10% projected. Um, the thing is, well, it doesn't really matter because the Pittsburgh uh, power play on the season 
I think is the third worst in the NHL behind Washington. And there's one other team right down at that bottom of the list. Um, their power. Anyway, the, the Penguins power play is God awful. This isn't the best five on five matchup, but they are facing Samuel Erson net. So I don't mind Crosby Gensel rust. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird kind of matchup because yes, Urson is a much worse goalie than Carter Hart. So it's kind of a gift for the Penguins in that sense. The Flyers do legitimately have a, and you're right about the Penguins. Well, I was looking at their numbers since Halloween, third worst power play since Halloween, um, only Washington and Calgary uh, worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the Flyers legitimately have a very, very good penalty kill again since Halloween. The third fewest shots against per minute while shorthanded, fourth fewest goals against per minute while shorthanded. Like they are legitimately excellent on the penalty kill. It's not just goaltending. And thank God because they're not going to get it tonight. Um, but it's, it's that's kind of the problem that I'm having with Pittsburgh tonight is like it's a huge total, but it's an awful power play spot and their power play sucks. And it's one of those things like can Pittsburgh score four goals here tonight? Like, yeah, sure. But where are those goals going to come from is kind of the other issue. Um, like their third line has been really good. Um, the second line, not so much. Um, actually, since Drew O'Connor's been moved down there. Uh, but Malkin's been shooting more of late, a little bit more. Um, so that line can score. Like if, if the scoring's not concentrated on the four guys on the top power play unit because their power play, you, you know, their power play's worse than San Jose's. Let's like let's put it that let's put it that way. Um, if the four the the scoring's not concentrated on those four guys, like where else is it gonna go? So it's one of those things where I, I could see them getting to four goals or five goals tonight. And nobody having more than like a multi-point game or something like that, right? Uh, like a two-point game. So I do like Pittsburgh one in a nutshell. Like they are, they do have the second highest top two stack here tonight behind Col- Like we should say it's just Colorado and then everybody else. So they have the highest top two stack of all non-Colorado uh, teams. Um, they are expensive at $21,400. they are going to carry probably close to double, if not exceeding double-digit ownership, but they're perfectly correlated on a bad power play. Um, they're also the ones shooting. I think that's the important part here is these guys over the last four weeks are uh, Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, are first, second, and fourth on the team in shot attempts per minute. So all the shots are coming from this line. So I do like Pittsburgh one. I just don't think it's as good of a spot as it's kind of being made out to be. As long as Urson doesn't pull a Ronta and give up, you know, nine goals on 20 shots or something like that. Which is a possibility. Which is possible. It is very possible with this guy in net. So I'm kind of out on Pittsburgh here tonight. I think there are other like positively leveraged spots that we can go to. Like we talked about one with Detroit. We'll get to uh, that Toronto Boston game next. Like, I think there are just other spots you can go to and not go, not take the worst, one of the, maybe the worst power play on this slate. Like they're right there with Calgary neck and neck and go into the, one of the best penalty killing teams in the league. Like that's just kind of the way that I'm looking at it, you know, goalie agnostic. So out on Pittsburgh for me, it is Philly that it is the Philly side that I do like. Wrote up Sean Couturier in the picks article. One of the things with Couturier is he's been shooting a lot more. Like, he's typically not a volume shooter, but he's up to, like, 3.4 shots per game over his last 10 games. We know how good Travis Konechny's been. 
Um, they just need guys on that line to actually stop, start finishing their shots. I don't mind them um, here tonight. Like you said, going up against that Pittsburgh top line. Um, I think it's a fine matchup for Couturier to connect the enforcer. So I think I like the Philly top line a little bit better here, especially where they're like $8,000 cheaper. Yeah. And the three worst power plays are on this way, but the Penguins, the Flames, and the Capitals. <sighs> Good times. I, I just don't understand why the power play is so bad because they have the names. They just, I don't know, not enough time. Boston Bruins with a three total heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs also have a three total. Hung up the uh, the sombrero because Marty Jones got called up. He's not starting tonight, but please, God, get him in the game. Sorry, scared the shit out of my dogs there. Um, I hope he gets into a game. It is Wollonette. Yeah. It is Wollonette, and he actually has been pretty good. Samsonov has been awful this year. Wall has been pretty good. The thing is, right, we were talking about this game. First of all, Marner with a hat trick last game. Just like the last slate, like Thursday slate was maybe the worst of the year. Marner with a hat trick with the full cage. He's in the in the locker room with his shirt off. He's got a lighthouse tattoo. He's got a big old gold chain with the number 16 on it. I haven't been this mad since my first divorce. So like <laughs> it's just like oh, Marner just grinds my gears. But we were talking about this game before the show, and you were saying Neither of these teams really have played well defensively, and they're not getting much ownership. The top line for Toronto, Matthews, Nylander, Knees, 6.9% projected ownership. How do you not play them at 6.9% projected ownership? It's just too good of a number. And then on the flip side, you have uh, Pasternak, Zatra, DeBrusque, 5.8% projected. The second line for Toronto, 5.3% projected. Then you get like down the list in the depth, nothing over, you know, half a percent. But honestly, like I would much rather play Toronto one here tonight than Pittsburgh one. I think if, if you're going to get lower ownership, Boston, this isn't the Boston team from last year. I don't care what the record says. There's no, there's no Bergeron. There's no, uh, Krejci. The goalies have been good. Yeah. But like they've been, the goalies have been bailing this team out. If you look at the numbers, so I, I like both top lines here. The three, the three totals on both sides might be a bit misleading. I think, I think this is going to be a fairly high-scoring game. So Matthew Nice has been on the top line with Austin Matthews for nearly 130 minutes now in five on five. We're looking at like ten full games, if not more, of five on five play. They're getting outshot, they're getting outchanced, and they're losing the expected goal share battle. And they're also getting outscored. 3.2 goals for, 3.7 against per 60 minutes of 5-on-5 five five with nice on the top line. Now, if you want to lay that at Marner's feet, Josh would uh, would probably love you for that. Um, I'm not sure it's entirely Marner's fault. I'm wondering how much of it is just the blue line not being very good. But... The simple fact of the matter is, is the Toronto top line has been like awful defensively. Um, not like awful for this relative to this team, you know, not awful relative to other top teams in the league or what should be top teams, just awful league wide. Um, that's kind of leaning me towards the Boston side of things here. Like I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't mind the, uh, the Toronto top line here. 
I've just there's been a downturn in the shooting from Matthews and Nylander. Like they're both under 20 shot attempts per 60 minutes over the last six weeks. That's high for most players. That's low for them, and especially considering the way that uh, Nylander started the you know the first five weeks of the season or whatever. Um, that's this Matthews line. Like if they're not going to turn things around defensively, like their penalty kills being good but not elite. Um, not that the Boston power play has been any good, but, you know, Pasternak and Zaka have generally been uh, pretty good this year at creating offense. They've been really, really good defensively. Um, you know, Zaka doesn't shoot a lot, so maybe you can leave him off, but he is on the top power play unit with them. I do like David Pasternak a lot as a one-off. Like, if you just want to, you want to avoid what's going to be a super chalky Nathan McKinnon, um, but still, but you still have, you know, the, the salary to spend up for a one-off. Like, I think David Pasternak is a great idea here tonight. Uh, but I do like the Pasternak, Zaka, uh, the Brusque trio going into the Toronto top line. And I'm not convinced that, you know, Marchand doesn't just back jump back up to the line, you know, by the middle of the second period. So I do like Boston 1 here. This is my problem with Boston 1 is they're coming in with, about the same top two stack percentage as the Detroit top line that we talked about. 7.7% for Boston one, 6.6% for Detroit and Detroit. Oh, sorry. That's on FanDuel and Detroit's coming in um, much lower ownership um, than Boston, Boston at 5.8% Detroit 1.4%. So like you're getting a line that, yeah, it's a thousand on DraftKings, $1,200 more expensive. Um, but, you know, about the same top two stack percentage and about a third of the ownership. So that's why, like, I like I'm, I agree with you that I like the top lines in this game more than Pittsburgh. And I would play Boston one over Pittsburgh one. Um, but I still think, you know, there are other expensive lines to go to instead. Um, but in this game, the line that I like best is Detroit one Toronto two, like. Yeah, congrats to Marno on his hat trick, but he's still not shooting very much. Like 2.3 shots per game over his last 10 games. That's absolutely nothing. Um, you know, the even if Boston's defense has slid a little bit, their penalty kill is still really, really good. Um, Toronto does tend to rely on the power play a little bit. Like, I think for me in this game, like, unless you want to dig super deep and go, you know, one-off Charlie Coyle, one-off James Van Riemsdyk, one-off um, – you know, Nick Robertson or Max Domi or something like that. I think for me, it's Boston one that I like the best here. Yep, that's a fair take. And hopefully uh, we see some party Marty Jones in that, even though Wool is confirmed. Fingers crossed. Let's get to the main event. Get the main event of the evening. St. Louis Blues with a 3.1 total. Heading into Arizona, the Coyotes have a 3.4 total. Kind of surprised at the Arizona total. I know it's the Blues, and I know it's Bennington, and I know they suck. But like the Blues just don't take penalties. I guess when they do, they give up goals. But like, I don't know, man. Like, and you see Cooley, Schmaltz, Keller coming in tw- double their, <clears throat> excuse me, double their top two stack percentage, and that line has been awful. Like they've been getting run over. And then you know, the line that has been scoring, Carcone. They're awful defensively in a small sample, like awful. And they're going to get Buchnevich, Thomas, neighbors because they send them out at top against top comp at home for some reason. And that neighbors, Thomas, Buchnevich line coming in at 2.1% projected ownership at 15,300. Call me crazy, but I'm in on the St. Louis top line here. I'm out on the Arizona top line. I just don't want to 
12.6% for an awful line. I'd rather just go play Seattle at that ownership, to be honest with you. You want to go to Arizona too? I think that's fine. 12,000. They're a bit negatively leveraged. Bukestad, Kraus, Michelli. You can leave Michelli off if you want. He's a better actual player than DFS player. Um, I think my favorite line in this game oh, it is Hofer tonight, Clayton says. I like six of one, half a dozen the other. I think he's a little bit better than Bennington, but you know, it's, a, it's the blues blue line. So I, I think my favorite line in this game is Buchnevich, Thomas Neighbor. Yeah, one thing I will say, I mean, two things I'll say. The Arizona top line, I mentioned this on Twitter earlier. The Arizona is generating roughly the same number of shot attempts at five on five with their top line on the ice that Carolina is generating on the penalty kill with Sebastian Ajo on the ice. Like they're generating nothing. What I will say is like their recent schedule has actually been like pretty brutal. Colorado, Tampa Bay, Vegas, this St. Louis team again. Uh, Los Angeles, Winnipeg in their last six games. Now, the last time these two teams played off, there were 11 goals. So I, I think that's why you might see a, a you know somewhat high total. That Arizona top line is just, they've not been able to generate anything um, offensively, which is like, I when I mean can't generate anything, I mean legitimately unable to generate anything. Um, and the thing is, is even with Arizona scoring five goals in that other game, Nick Bugstad, one goal, one assist. Michael Carcone, one goal, one assist. Lawson Krause scored. Jason Zucker scored. Like, yeah, Nick Schmaltz got on the board, but that was it. Um, this line is not generating anything, anything at five on five. And like you said, St. Louis doesn't really take a lot of penalties. They're the least penalized team in the league by a wide margin. They take a quarter penalty less than the next closest team per game. Like, that is a huge, huge gap. Um I'm out on Arizona one. Arizona two would probably be the line that I would go to, um, just because I think the neighbor, like neighbors and Thomas just really haven't been that good defensively so far this season. They have been using the Kraus Bukestad Michelli line more in a shutdown role because they can't use they, like the top lines getting run over, so they can't use them in the top line uh, matchups anymore. So they have been using the Kraus line. They have been using the Carconi line more in those shutdown roles. Going out against Thomas, I think that favors the Arizona side a little bit. Um, so I don't mind Arizona two, uh, as kind of like a fillery type stack. They're coming in over owned, but honestly, man, like 5% in this matchup, I don't think it's really that bad. Like it's a 3.4 total. Like it's this, it's higher than Montreal. It's higher than Toronto. It's higher than Boston. It's higher than St. Louis. It's higher than Calgary, Vegas, uh, Vancouver. Like, you know, they're expecting goals here. And if we assume none of the goals are going to come from the top line, it's going to be those middle six guys again. So I really do like Arizona two here, even at negative leverage at 5% or whatever, I'll go get my um, positively leveraged line elsewhere uh, on the St. Louis side, kind of by the same token. I do like that St. Louis two line, the Shen Kairu line, Shen Kairu Hayes. I feel like I'm, I, I worry that I'm a day late on them because they did go off on Thursday. Um, but they're going to get more of that top line matchup against Keller and against Cooley and those guys. And the, like I said, those guys have just been getting run over. Um, you know, you don't get perfect correlation like you would with the top line, but like, I don't think anybody should be stacking St. Louis for their power play prowess because there isn't any. Um, but Cairo and Shen have actually been generating reasonable amounts of offense. Like this is a team that will, 
that should outscore their expected goals metrics because of the way that they play. And that's exactly what Shen and Kairou have been doing. And they've been doing it shooting under 14%, which is, you know, 13.9% is high, but it's, it's another one of those, like if they finish the season at 12%, I wouldn't be surprised or 11.5% or something like that. So I like the Shen Kairou haze line, avoiding the shutdown matchup from Arizona, avoiding, you know, use of Balamaki or, or whatever they use for uh, shutdown defensemen here. They have been rotating that. Um, you know, Kairou's got to start scoring eventually, man. Like his his shooting percentage has got to regress at some point. Um, I like Kairou Shen and Hayes on the St. Louis side, but on the Arizona, I like I think it's both top both second lines that I like here better than both top lines. Um, that's just kind of a simpler way of putting it. Yeah, I don't mind St. Louis too, but I also like St. Louis one. I'm a you know, Jake from State Farm, slappy apparently. So who knows? As we mentioned off the top of the show, we are sponsored by Sleeper Picks. You can get up to a $100 first deposit match promo. You can win up to 100x payouts, which are the highest payouts on the DFS market. You can place in-game contests, more stack categories, home runs for MLB, triples, stolen bases, etc. We're not even in, in baseball season, but you can do triple doubles, double doubles for NBA. Dynamic payouts are now live. What are those, you may ask? In short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in the contest with dynamic payouts. Also comes more stat categories to place contests on. Built-in group chat functionality where you can see and copy your group picks with the tap of a button. The minimum deposit is $20 on Sleeper. We do have a free square for you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence over half a yard passing on the Monday night game. So that is a free square to get you going. If you want more information, you go to stochastic.com backslash promos backslash sleeper dash fantasy. You'll see it right on the, you just go to stochastic.com. You'll see the ad at the top of the, the website there. So if you are interested, you can get a deposit match bonus and you have the Trevor Lawrence over half a yard free square. So check out stochastic.com for that promo. Colorado Avalanche with a 3.8 total heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a three, or excuse me, relax, job, a 2.6 total. Colorado won $25,000 to stack on DraftKings here tonight. 24 7 to 25 whatever, $300, who cares? Uh, there are plenty of of cheap lines that you can fit with them. You can almost fit some top lines in with them. It's kind of annoying. You can fit them with Seattle. It's like, how many times are we going to have a Colorado one Seattle Yanni Gord line slate? Hope not tonight. I do really like Colorado one here. Your top two stack percentage is outrageous. Again, it's over 43% ownership, a little bit under 20% here. They're fully correlated. Like we mentioned with the power play spot, this is arguably the best power play spot of the night. Fully correlated. I, 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 I'm out of things to say about Colorado one. You can play him if you want. Don't play him if you want. They're pound for pound, dollar for dollar, the best line on the slate. Where it gets interesting is I guess you can also play Colton Wood too, man. You want to do it, it's fine. They're super cheap. They're coming in negatively leveraged though. They shoot a bunch. They don't finish. That's why they're on the third line. Ross Colton should be on the top power play, but we don't have time for that. Uncle Leo in the lineup tonight. Ducks are getting absolutely no ownership. 
Line matching kind of important here. If you assume the McKinnon line goes out against McTavish, Vitrano and Strom, then Leo, Terry, and Kalorn are going to avoid them. You're going to either going to get Colton Wood, Johansson, Duran. So they're 13,500. The, the Avs take a ton of penalties. They're under 1% projected. I'm not saying run out and play them in one to three because it is the Ducks. But if you're going to give me that line at under 1%, when you have similar lines in that price range, Flyers top line at like 9%, the Seattle lines in double digits. In MME, I don't mind the Carlson-Terry-Kaloran line. They're fully correlated. The Avs have a good penalty kill, but they take a ton of penalties. So like they're going to get power play time. I don't mind getting to Carlson-Terry in your MME portfolio. Yeah, um... The Avalanche do take a lot of penalties. Both teams take a lot of penalties, actually. Anaheim leads the way uh, in the NHL. Four and a half times shorthanded per game this season. No other team is at four. So um, they are far and away the most undisciplined team in the league. Colorado's at 3.9. They're in third. So, you know, but Colorado does draw a lot of power plays. All this is to say that there should be a lot of special team play here tonight. And Anaheim's last game against Washington, there's a lot of special teams play in that game as well. Carlson, uh, Terry, and Kalorn all play on the same power play unit together. I want to call it the top power play unit. Um, Alex Kalorn played nearly 19 minutes. Troy Terry and Leo Carlson both played between 21 and 22 minutes. So this is a perfectly correlated, I will call it their top line because they play more because they get more ice time. A perfectly correlated top line that our top two stacks has a 13,500, 1.2% top two probability, 0.7% ownership. This seems like the, the, the pivot if you want to get away from super chalky Seattle or something like that, right? Like um, they should get a lot of power play opportunities here tonight. And the line has been generating a five on five, um, 2.6 expected goals for 2.1 against in their ice time together. So, you know, they're driving the expected goal share. They're perfectly correlated on the power play. They're priced as a filler stack. And they might all play 19 to 21 minutes here tonight, depending on how the power, on how the penalties, uh, you know, kind of fall on either side. Like, I think I do like the Carlson Terry uh, Kaloran line um, for Anaheim here tonight. And on the Colorado side, it's like, this is a, you know, they're going to play a ton of minutes. They always do. They've been playing very well together offensively. Um, I will say Colorado's expected goals numbers have fallen a little bit. Their last seven games, they're at 2.8 expected goals, four per 60, 2.8 actual goals for. Anaheim has been sliding defensively a lot, though. So, like, Colorado is a in a tremendous spot here tonight. There's a reason why they're by far the top, the, the top two stack here, or the top stack by top two probability, sorry. Um you just have to find something else that you want to play with them. It's there's no reason to avoid them in this matchup other than, you know, they cost half, you know, on DraftKings they'll cost half your, half your salary. Um, otherwise I kind of like the Carlson line here for Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, Terry hasn't been shooting that much, but like at some point he's going to start shooting the puck. At some point. I mean, we, like, we, we hope so. We heard the biggest duck slappies. I, it's just ridiculous. Like every every slate during COVID, it's like, here we go again. We're going to play the ducks. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> they're a fun team. 
Sue me. Vancouver Canucks with a 3.2 total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames have a 3.3 total. I cannot stand the Flames power play units. First of all, their power plays suck. But secondly, like if they're going to suck this bad, at least try to make like a comparable power play unit. Load up a unit. Give it your best shot. No. Just no. And because this is a good power play spot. Vancouver's penalty kill is atrocious. But their power play, the Calgary's power play unit's awful. Their power play in itself is awful. It kind of reflects in the ownership on Calgary 1 here, the Lindholm, Mangiapane, Sharangovich line. They're 12,000 with a 2.2% stop, 2.2% top two stack percentage, but they're coming in negatively leveraged, over 7% projected ownership. Sharon Govich and Lynn Homer on the top power, the, the top power play unit. Mangiapani is on the second unit. I don't, I don't understand why. I don't have time to get angry about it, but like Mangiapani should be on the top power play unit. He's their best forward besides Huberdo. Sharon Govich is. He could be named like Brad Smith, and I wouldn't even bat an eye. Like he's just a guy. Like I like I. Like the Flames have a 3.3 total. None of their lines are over 12,100. They're all shittily correlated. I don't even know that's a word. Correlated on the power play. Their power play sucks, but like Vancouver's penalty kill is atrocious. So I guess you got like default, like kind of got to play. You don't have to do anything. But if anything, like I'm going to that Linholm, Mangiapane, Sharon Govich line. Like, I wanted to play Kadri, Pospisil, Zari, but Kadri's on the top unit. Zari's on the second unit. Pospisil doesn't even see the power play unit. So, like, fun times there. Like, Calgary is one of these teams that, as you can tell, really pissed me off. But then on the flip side, no one's playing Vancouver again. And Calgary sucks in net. So, like, the, the thing is with Vancouver, they moved. Sam Lafferty up onto the top top line, which just kill me. Like, what, do you like anything in this game? I'm angry. <laughs> oh, really? I honestly could not tell. Um, one thing I um, no, I really don't. <laughs> like, I wrote up Sharon Govich because, like, I think he's been over 21 minutes in back to back games. You know, top line, top power play. He's only 3,500 on DK, 3,800 or 3,900 on FanDuel. So, like, you know, he's a pretty good cheap filler guy. Uh, yeah, the Vancouver penalty kill has not been good. I think one thing that's been kind of underrated is the Calgary penalty kill has not been good either, or at least it's been on a little bit of a slide. Um, if you look uh, just kind of since Halloween, uh, Calgary penalty kill by shot attempts is basically right in the middle of the league uh, next to Arizona. If you look at shots against third most per minute over their last 14 games, goals against like right near the bottom 10 next to New Jersey. Um, it might be a decent power play spot for Vancouver here, which is why I kind of like the Miller Besser line. Like I am, I'm not playing a uh, top line with Sam Lafferty on it. That's just not, I, I just, I'm just not going to do it. And I'll take the guy, I'll take the, I'll take the line that has two guys on the top power play, you know, with JT Miller and Brock Besser. Um, they're not going to come in with any ownership here tonight. They're reasonably priced uh, for the slate. When you look at how many expensive lines there are elsewhere, when you look at 
you know, your Detroit, Pittsburgh, Boston, Toronto, Colorado, um, you know, they're, they are very reasonably priced uh, here tonight. So um, I do kind of like uh, Vancouver too here. Like they're going to avoid, they're going to avoid the Elias Lindholm line has been used more in shutdown matchups of late. The reason they've been doing that because Jonathan Huberto is just dragging down the Michael Backlund Coleman and uh, Blake Coleman line defensively. So they can't use that line in a shutdown role anymore. They've been using Lindholm, which means Lindholm out and gets Pedersen. And then what could be some decent matchups for the Miller line of five on five. So they might get, you know, some decent matchups of five on five. They're going to be in a pretty good power play spot. Like if you want to play Calgary, play Calgary. I would play the top line because you get two guys on the top power play unit. As you mentioned, Vegas or uh, the Canucks penalty kill is just not very good. I would rather take lower ownership, even at a more expensive price, and go to the Vancouver side and go to the JT Miller line. Like that's honestly what I like best here in this game. Like Cal- Calgary is like um, like broke ass Carolina at this point, um, where they don't have the defensemen to play that the, the way that they want to play. They don't have the wingers to play that the way that they want to play. Um, but they keep trying to create a lot offensively. Um, by not and by not focusing on their top wingers, like you mentioned with Mangiapane, it's just backwards coaching to me. So um, I don't mind Calgary one because you do get exposure to the top power play in a good power play spot. But it, I like the JT Miller line the best in this game, and it's not even close. Yeah, I agree. I think my favorite plays in this game are on the blue line, which we'll get to after this idiotic late night hammer with the Washington Wotes. Washington Capitals with a two point four total. They're like. The East Sharks now, apparently, uh, but playing in the West. Going into Vegas, the Golden Knights have a 3.2 total. We did it. We have done it. We have done it. Stevenson is away from Stone. That, I'm sure, makes you very happy. Jack Eichel, Stone, Barbashev now the top line. Marcheseau, Carlson, Cotter, Stevenson, Amadio, Howden, Wa, Carrier, uh, Keegan, Colasar. Actually, I like that fourth line. They're eighty-one hundred. They play more minutes than the normal fourth line. They're actually decent. But you know, if like I honestly don't even mind William Carrier if you're trying to jam in Colorado. Like these, like Wa Carrier going to play like fifteen minutes. So like, don't even mind it. But like this game for me, Eichel Stone Barbashev is the line that I like the best in this game. Can we just say? On Thursday slate, not only did Marner get a hat trick, Tom Wilson also got a hat trick. Luckily, I was sleeping. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have woken up the next morning if I watched that game. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, Eichel, Stone, Barbashev. He's... Go ahead. Vegas no, no. Today. Yeah, no, it is Vegas 1. Um, I think Vegas 1 is actually my favorite line on this in this game. Um, it does worry me that they only have a 3.2 total. Like, it's lower than Calgary's. I wonder if it's not a function of, one, Shea Theodore being out, and two, like, outside the top line, there's really not a lot going on. Like, William Carlson has cooled off after, like, a really good five or six weeks or what he had. Jonathan Marsh, so he's been shooting more, which obviously is um, nice to see because that's kind of his calling card. Uh, but Marsh, so one point, and it's an assist in his last five games. It seems like Vegas is kind of indicating to us, like Vegas, I mean, like the casinos and the betting sites, 
um, are kind of indicating to us that those 3.2 goals are a, a lot of it's going to come from the top line. I think that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. And yeah, like, like you know, I like Chandler Stevenson as a player. We have to be honest. He's just been terrible for seven weeks this year. Like basically right from the start. I was looking. Here's to just kind of put a fine point on it. Mark Stone's shot attempts per 60 minutes when playing with Chandler Stevenson this year is under nine. That would be like average for a defenseman. And Mark Stone, his shot attempts per minute when he's not playing with Chandler Stevenson at five on five this season is 16. Like it's like 80% higher. Like that's just how much he was dragging them down. And now you don't even have them have him on the top line. You have Barbashev there instead. Like there's a reason why I wrote up the Vegas top line in my picks article today. Um, just the team in general, when Mark Stone is away from Chandler Stevenson, they're generating 56% more shots and doubling their expected goals for. Like, it just completely changes the outlook of Mark Stone of the top line when Chandler Stevenson's not there. So um, I really, really, really like Vegas one here tonight. They're not coming in with – they're coming in with a little bit of negative leverage, but nothing too crazy, 6.3% against a 5.3% top two stack. Another thing I was looking at is over the last two years, the top power play unit's been better with Alex Petrangelo than Shea Theodore, and not just – some small sample shooting percentage noise, more shot attempts, more shots, more expected goals, more goals, like everything across the board better with Petrangelo. Now, Washington has typically had a pretty good penalty kill. They can thank their goalies for that. I saw Charlie Lindgren didn't skate this morning. They said it was body maintenance, whether he starts tonight. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but Darcy Kemper's just not been good this year. So if it's Darcy Kemper uh, plus this Vegas top line, that should be the best line that they can – that they can put together without putting Jonathan Marshall up there. I really like Vegas one here. I am, I'm definitely out on Washington one because Vegas one is going to be going into that Washington top line and, and the, the Vegas top line should just absolutely, you know, pun intended, wash them here tonight. Um, but McMichael and Mantha is kind of interesting to me. Uh, Connor McMichael, Anthony Mantha, who they end up playing with. Um, I think it was with uh protest last game. Um, Mantha McMichael are up to nearly 100 minutes together, 5-on-5 five five this season. 3.5 expected goals for per 60 minutes. That is really good. And I'm not overly concerned about the middle six matchups from Vegas. Like, if anything, I think like a Mantha McMichael two-man is perfectly fine here tonight. Um, if you need to get a super cheap, very low-owned two-man stack to fit in like a super expensive Colorado um, or a super expensive Toronto or something like that. Um, other than that, it's Vegas one. Yeah. I, I just, the handling of Anthony Mantha since they traded Verona for him has been mind boggling. But anyway, coming up after us at 6 PM NBA live before lock with Emac and Neil. So if you are playing NBA tonight, stick around for that at 6 PM. Emac and Neil will take you up until lock. Let's talk about defensemen and goalies here. The top of the board in very good power play spots here tonight. Uh, McCarr, 8,300, very good play. You can't fit him in with Colorado 1. I mean, you probably could. You might just need to punt everything else in your lineup. But I think Quinn Hughes is in a great spot. Matheson's in a good spot. Charlie McAvoy's in a good spot. Petrangelo, like you just said, is in a good spot. And then after that, you kind of go down to the mid-range. Who are you liking in the mid-range? 
Um, one guy, I mean, the, my top defenseman on the night is Kale McCarr. I don't think that's a big surprise. I wrote up Alex Petrangelo basically for the power play reasons that I, I talked about earlier. Not, I mean, his peripherals are very high. He's at like 2.6 shots and three blocks per game. Like, that's absurd. Um, plus, I think, like I said, the power play has been better with him. So I don't mind Petrangelo either. Also, Rasmus Dahlin is kind of interesting. He's been playing 26 minutes a game of late. He might have to block a lot of shots against Carolina here tonight. And if Buffalo does get on the board, he's probably going to figure into it because he plays so much and he's so so involved offensively. So he's not one of my favorite targets on the board, but I do think he's an interesting, like, super low percentage play, um, ownership percentage play, um, if you're playing a lot of lineups. In the mid-price range, um, I mean, it's Thomas Shabbat again until they start pricing him up a little bit more. Brent Burns, Carolina, uh, still like him. Shane Gostas Bear, he's not projecting super well because um, he doesn't, his peripherals aren't great. But again, for Detroit, it's a tremendous power play spot for them. So I do like Gostas Bear. Um, Tory Krug, and, and Tory Krug is interesting for uh, going up against Arizona at the St. Louis power play should ever get there. Chris Letang is the guy that kind of stood out to me. 4,300 on DraftKings. Like we said, this is a pretty bad power play spot Power play spot for Pittsburgh. He does not on the top power play. If Pittsburgh does score four or five goals, it's probably going to be at five on five or even strength. And Letang is still playing a lot at five on five and even strength. So uh, don't mind Letang in the mid-price range. Uh, cheap guys, I wrote up Jake McCabe from Toronto. He might have to block a lot of shots here tonight. He's been playing more minutes since he returned with all their injuries. There's three guys in the Anaheim, Colorado game um, that are um, that I'm looking to. Cam Fowler, Pavel Mentukov, uh, and Bowen Byron. Byron especially, um, with you know, given their injuries. Um, also mentioned Owen Power. If you don't want to pay up for Rasmus Dahlin, going down to Owen Power. Chris Tanev from Calgary. With Nikita Zadorov traded, they're probably going to have to go basically to a four defense rotation until Oliver Shillington is back. Um, so Chris Tanev for cheap, he might have to block some shots here tonight. Uh, 20, your $2,500 guys are Connor Timmons, uh, Jalen Chatfield. And I'll also mention, um, Erho back nine, and he might have to block some shots from Anaheim here tonight. 2,600 on DraftKings. Yeah. Your point about Latang 4,300, he's been averaging over 25 minutes a game this season. So like, and where the power play doesn't really matter for Pittsburgh, like there you go. Yeah, and he was on the top power play last year, priced up in the 6Ks, and their power play sucked last year. So you're basically getting the same guy for 2K discount. Let's talk a little about goalies here at the top of the board. Alexander Yorgiev, like, again, like if these are more cash plays, like Yorgiev at 8,500, it's a winnable game for Colorado, obviously. The Carolina starter, they did not announce it yet. Ronta's 8,400. Uh, Kochetkov is 8,200. Uh, I don't know. Like Yari at 8,300. It's a cash play. It's a winnable game. He might score on the empty net again. Probably not, but that was disgusting. Uh, Vili Huso, 8,100. It's like, ah, I like, I just don't like spending up. Like Connor Ingram at AK, don't really like spending up for these goalies. You start going down the board here. Like Demko stands out at 7,500. Linus Olmark at 7,500. Even Jake Allen is going to see a ton of uh pucks here tonight i wish he was a little bit cheaper joel hofer like that's like arizona has a huge total but like i don't know i'd much rather play hofer than bennington urson under 7k 
We'll have to see who starts for Buffalo and Washington. If it's Kemper, absolutely no interest. If it's Lindgren, might have some interest there. But, like, I again, I'm a broken record. Hate goalies. Who you like him? You hate them. You just named, like, 12 of them. Seems like you're a big fan. I just, you know, I can name 12 of them. It's fine. They all suck. Um, I wrote up Thatcher Demko in the picks article. Um these two teams, Calgary and Vancouver, played recently, and Calgary put up 38 shots. Now Casey DeSmith was starting, but like Demko just saved 40 44 in his last start. Um, Demko and Allmark are the two guys that stood out for me because they're both kind of in that mid price range on DraftKings, 7,500. Um, Allmark might see a reasonable amount of shots from Toronto here tonight. We'll see how, how Boston's defense holds up. Um, if Uko Pekka Lukanen starts for Buffalo, he's probably my favorite super cheap goalie uh, on the board here tonight. Um, yeah, I agree with you on Charlie Lindgren. Like, if Charlie Lindgren is starting, um, I would play him, but I do think it's going to end up being Darcy Kemper, and I would not play him. Um, the only kind of expensive goalie that I don't mind here tonight is Tristan Jari. Um, you know, Pittsburgh has been giving up some shots, but their penalty kill is very good. Philly doesn't score a lot of goals on the power play. Their power play sucks. Um, should be a lot of five-on-five -five shots uh, for Jari. So, if, you know, if you have 8,300 and you can pay up for him, I don't mind him. I mean, goalies are just a rotating door of crap. If you have a guy you like, you play him. Like the variance in goalie is probably the highest variance position in DFS, maybe besides like starting pitcher two in MLB DFS. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Um, the game that we finished with, uh, I'm going with the guy that's finally getting uh, a good winger and a good center, and I'm going with Mark Stone. I like it. I'm going a little bit off the board here, a little bit spicy, because that's what I do. And as a side note, I haven't hit a Patrick pick since Lincoln was the president, but we will change that here tonight. Jesperi Cockney I hope so. Um, don't <laughs> mind Carolina too here tonight either. Let's see how that how they do. Yeah, we will be back. When will we be back here? I think I think there's a show Monday. Let me see. There is a show Monday. We will be back Monday. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, make sure to smash that like button on the way out. If you are considering going premium, just do it. Come into the Discord, say what up, and we will uh, we'll talk. Good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone.